Okay, looks like we're live. Looks like I'm live. It's Leanne Antoine from Distinct Physio gracing you here on Chew It Over as I do every second Tuesday of the month. Always a pleasure to to be here, to join you, to talk things that are topical within therapy, but also, um, very meaningful. I know some of you know that I like to go a little bit deep at times. Um, I thought I was going to have a guest this week. Unfortunately, they couldn't join me. So you're gracing me for the next 30 minutes or so. And I hope that the time that we spend that is uh, fruitful, productive, heartwarming. And if you do have anything that you want to say, please, please, please do drop them into the to the chat function. Those that I can see, obviously, I will do my best to answer to. And um, a little delay there. I'll do my best to answer them. And if there is something that I miss or pick up a bit later on, whether that's on LinkedIn or Facebook, I'll then try and respond to those. Because I've had a, I've had a little bit of that um, following the last couple of shows. Or, or some people have even emailed me. So thank you to people who have reached out for communicating. Some people just saying that they're just in, simply enjoying the shows that I do. Um, it's always a pleasure to know, particularly when you feel like you're talking to yourself sometimes. <laughs> um, Adam wants to know why I'm not deadlifting with him anymore. Adam, if you want to get a session on, I'm down with it. I'm currently um, training at March on in Harpenden. I am lifting incredibly heavy there. But if you want to have a sesh at Norton, I'm on it. Um, thanks for your comments. Believe you me, guys, I am back on the training vibe. So anyone else sort of fallen off? I keep calling it the gain of pandemic pounds. I am in the gym solidly. Um, and I know what that means for me and my mental health. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Come and join me for a session, Adam. So today's session is all about building relationships with our patients. That's what I want to discuss. I want to unpick some of that. And a little bit of why I am unpicking that, firstly, is you will see it's nice, bright and white. This is my new physiotherapy clinic. Hey, Joe. Afternoon, Alistair. And um, this is my fourth week in my new clinic. And over the last seven or eight months, I've been doing lots of work behind the scenes to get myself here. It has not been easy. But one of the things that has been, I want to say, pivotal to me being able to do this, plain sailing as things can go in relationships with my patients has been outstanding like you can see all the cards um people have brought in all sorts of different gifts to help help me to mark my milestone of getting into this uh, new clinic space and it's been really heartwarming because some of those patients have walked a real journey with me to get to this point for six years distinct was hiring rooms. I've worked in lots of different places. 
worked out of gymnastics places, all sorts. And I've even worked, I've even worked at the back of somewhere, which, you know, it was just a room, but there was no heart to the room. There was no branding, everything. It's like everyone else's space, right? So I've moved into here and I've been making it my own. Matt, I'm going to come back to your um, come back to your comment probably at the end because there's going to be some good stuff going on. I'm sure about weightlifting and, and all that sort of stuff, training, etc. But um, what I want wanted to focus on was the relationship that we build with our patients. How healthy is that in terms of what we do to assist them with their road to recovery? And then also considering what that relationship might be like if it wasn't just in the treatment room in terms of, um, you know, being or building a friendship with a patient. And obviously we know in relation to our standards of practice, we know that um, we, there are boundaries, certain boundaries that we mustn't go past. And I think that so many of us are, are very aware of that. But what I also wanted to explore was for the patient who doesn't necessarily work in the MSK setting, is working in the NHS, um, treats patients in the NHS, and, and this might be ward-based, but also the impact of building that relationship with their patients. You know, what does it mean? How does it help? How does it influence the patient's recovery journey? I guess... This, as a podcast, is also quite important for students. You know, you go into a placement for six weeks. You're expected to build a relationship with your educator. You're expected to build a relationship with the patients that you're treating, even though it's for a very short period of time. And you're expected to embed yourself into this relationship in six weeks and then leave. Yeah, I always really, really struggled with that as a student. And Jeanette touches on this. She says, Leanne, this topic is something I discuss with my students every single term. So important for them to understand the therapeutic relationship and how important their role can be. Totally, Jeanette, I, I completely agree with you. On top of that, you know, that therapeutic relationship, what I think that a lot of people miss is that it is actually a skill to be able to build relationships well with people. You know, I have this notion that I meet some people at, in the workplace, you know, when I've been working for people. And even now when I'm out networking and in my head, I constantly ask the question, I be friends with you at school like would you be my bestie or would you just be someone I just know and I'd wave to when I walked past or would you be someone that I could build um a relationship with we understood our boundaries in terms of patient and therapist but also knew that if we wanted that relationship to a friendship this goes for students and their um, student educators. Would we be able to do that? And would it be healthy to do so? 
Jeanette says, yes, it is. I find it hard to teach. You've either got it or you haven't. Ooh, and, and you know, again, this comes up for me. I was talking at a school last week and I was talking to the students. Uh, the, the presentation was called, what's the point? And the teachers had reached out to me, teachers I had built a relationship with, and they wanted me to help the students, to get, kind of uplift them for the purposes of upcoming exams. The morale's been low. Obviously, lots of students haven't been at school. They've struggled without their friendships, their relationships, their daily relationships. And Jeanette's right. This is a really difficult topic to teach. Now, one of the things that I think about it, Jeanette, and I almost feel like my topic is for you today. You are who I am truly speaking to because I feel like I've got your attention. But one of the things about this relationship for me and what I've learned since not working in the NHS, and we'll come back to that in a second, is that I think that my patients want to be able to relate to me. So it's one thing, isn't it? Being able to have a conversation. You know, you've asked questions, subjective assessment, for example. It doesn't matter whether you're MSK or respiratory or neuro. Hi, how are you? I'm going to be asking, my name's Leanne. I'm going to be your physiotherapist today. And I'm going to be asking you a few questions. Have you had physio before? If they say no, you explain what physiotherapy is. You take them through the journey of how physiotherapy is going to work. And then you'll start your series of questions. Now, let's face it. In 15 to 20 minutes, we know the person's full name, home address. We know whether they're married, single, divorced. We know how many kids they've got. We know all about their health. There's, they tell us so much intimate, our patients tell us so much intimate information about themselves and they don't have the liberty to do the same to us, do they? And when I was talking about the NHS and, and the relationship building in the NHS, what I was talking about is this. So same thing. My name's Leanne. I'm going to be your physiotherapist today. Take a seat. How are you? Etc. In the NHS, I felt like it was my duty to keep everything about myself like a secret. Joe, she needs to run, but she's loving it. She's going to pick it up later. <laughs> this is good. Now, in the NHS, it, I felt like then, because I then couldn't, ex I felt like I couldn't express myself. Now, lots of people in the NHS might say, Leanne, that was how you felt. I work in the NHS now. I can express myself. There's no problem with me expressing myself. My, my department encourages it. That may well be now. Let me tell you, that was not then. So you worked, you built your knowledge base. You learn, remember, we don't learn that much psychology at university as undergrads. We don't even learn that much about it as in our masters either. Certainly not in the masters I did in terms of building the relationship. My master's was very much about uh, utilizing the skill of, of being able to diagnose, being able to assess thoroughly, being succinct. It was, it was very much about that, 
that rather than and I know I think it's Lisa Robertson's work her PhD work is very much in this area therapist and patient relationships and I always say if I'm gonna do a PhD I'm almost putting this out there now I really shouldn't put it out there but that if I was gonna do a PhD it's in this area because I am so passionate about this now I was reading something uh, on the run-up to the show and it stated that relationship I've not defined healthy okay we're just talking very generically for the minute building a healthy relationship with your patients helps to improve like instantly improves patient satisfaction doesn't it anywhere if I walk into a little boutique I like I like boutiques if I walk into a little boutique and I want to buy something I've seen a dress and the person in the shop comes over and says oh hi um, is there anything I can help you with and I said, well, no, I'm not, I'm just browsing. And she says, just let me know if there's anything that you um, need help with. I'm instantly like, oh, I could spend my money in here. Instantly. Or I'm like this, oh, I could spend a bit of time in here. Because I feel like I'm welcomed in that space. The person wants me to be there. And I want to be there. In fact... The money I spend at the end of it is almost irrelevant because now this becomes an experience. It's no longer just about the top I might buy, the stationery I went in for. It's no longer about that, right? And that experience, that satisfaction for our patients, NHS, on the wards, MSK, privately, wherever it is, is so important to our patients. I did a video not that long ago, I'll say not long ago, maybe a year or so ago, and it was all about this question. You ready? How are you? Like, when I ask my patients that question, I genuinely want to know how they are genuinely now how many people ask you how you are over the course of a day right and how many of those people do you respond with i'm fine and really you're not fine jeanette says that psychological, psychosocial skills training in undergraduate sports therapy degree programs is virtually non-existent. That's interesting. I, I wonder whether it's any better now. Maybe some of our students will, will come on, have a little listen to this and, and will let us know. And if, if you want to share this with them, I would encourage you to do so. And I'm happy for the students to reach out to me. I'm happy for anyone to reach out to me. But I say about students because, as we've said, this is a skill to learn. Coming back to how are you? Now, the truth is, there are only probably a handful of people that will ask you how you are, that you will truly respond honestly to. Handful, if you're lucky. Because that day might be really bad, peak might be really crap. That, and, and let's face it, 
Work is work. So when you go to work, that needs to be the focus. Are you going in to start saying how you feel and how something this and that has happened? Yes, if it's been, if something's been, if it's going to take over your day and you're not going to be able to focus, then somebody probably needs to know, right? How much that person cares or acknowledges it, different ball game. Okay. I think that if we are valuing the relationship between us as therapists for the benefit of the patient, it doesn't always mean we need to like the patient, right? Not everyone that comes in your door you have, not everyone that you're treating do you like. But it's not about that, is it? It's about having an understanding. It's about having respect. It's about being genuinely interested so that you can build a treatment plan for your patient to help them to reach their goals. Done. Thanks, Jeanette. You're going to be sharing. Brilliant. But it is about those factors. Now, the, the thing I was also reading, I'm trying to think what it was called now, also talked about better patient adherence to treatment plans. Wait, let's just straighten this out. So you're now listening to me. I'm your patient. I feel like you are listening to what I am saying. I'm satisfied. And now I'm following your treatment plan. Wait, this is before I've given you an exercise program to follow. This is before I've explained to you what I think is wrong with you. This is before I put my hands on you, if I'm going to put my hands on you at all. Yeah. All of this psychology that you're dealing with as a therapist to tap into your patient. You haven't touched them yet. They don't even really know exactly what you do. Consultants referred them. GPs referred them. They're on the ward and you have to see them and they have no choice but to see you. You know, I think if you're going to have to do something, you might as well have to do it well, right? Do it with your heart. Do it with as though you've got some passion about what you're doing. I think, in my opinion. The other thing is that if I've then got good satisfaction, better adherence to a treatment plan, my outcomes, my overall outcomes are genuinely going to be better. So... Let's think about your EQ5D, your patient functional scale. And it would be really interesting to almost evaluate it in that way. Not that you can, you know, which therapist is really good at getting on well with their patient. What do their outcome measures look like? Because I don't think that we can do that so well because that relationship building ultimately is quite subjective, isn't it? Like who does it well? Well, actually all, so many patients are different, right? I have some patients that will come in and before I've even asked them about their weekend or what they're up to for the week, they're already telling me. They're already pouring that information into the session. My thoughts about what they're doing at that point, it instantly says to me, I'm busy, Leanne. I'm really busy. You know, the patient that comes in and says, oh my gosh, I've got this to do, that to do. I almost don't have time to be injured. And that person is already telling me that they're busy. 
They don't, they're not even saying that they're busy, but their actions, their words, they're telling me they're busy. They're almost taking their stuff off, you know, their tops off. I don't want to look at their little finger. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I then have other patients who clearly do not want to disclose very much at all. They don't want me to ask them about their weekend. They want to focus on if it's their neck and only their neck. They don't want to talk about anything else. They don't want to deviate from the point at all. Now, when I have those types of patients, and Jeanette, I don't know how you teach some of this, but if you have a patient that is quite is um there's a you know if you can still hear me it's it, as to whether I'm going to pick at that or not. How much of this do I think is going to impact the treatment that I give to that patient? You feel me? Ooh, I'm back. You haven't missed anything because I didn't say anything else. <laughs> I was wondering how many of us as feel that they would be able to handle the, the unpicking. Now, this is interesting. Um, Farouk Bello, I'm sure most of you know him, um, qualified for community rehab, who I spoke to, uh, not something on Twitter, and it did make, when was the time, like a physio, we qualified, like, was that? And in my mind, because you're so focused as a newly qualified on the anatomy, the physiology, are you asking the right questions? You don't want to miss any red flags. You're reporting back to your your um, senior. I think it's really difficult then to feel like you unpick the patient who is closed. In fact, the more open patient is that bit easier for you to see and treat 
because they're telling you everything. The one you have to dig for information, it's you have to make sure that the roadmap of your questioning is really, really quite thorough and really quite succinct. Because if it isn't, you're going to struggle. Yeah. I often with those patients, there is a, there's always a bit more to the story. And if you are newly qualified and don't feel like you can quite tap into that patient, this is the patient you discuss with your senior. Sometimes these patients end up being the slightly more complex patient, even though they've come in with something that we would consider to be quite simple. It's interesting, isn't it? The relationship that you're building actively with your patient, if you're struggling to build it, what does that mean? If you're building it really quickly and really well, what does that mean? As I've said, I have met some wonderful, wonderful people who have really embraced me. And as I said before, moving for me into private practice also gave me a little bit of scope of, or maybe even the confidence to feel like it was okay to be me. It was okay to be expressive. It was okay to say I'm one of four. It was okay to talk about heritage. It was okay to talk about the sports I was involved in as a kid and the things I want to do in the future. And actually in, in sharing that with my patients, I seemed to feel that they felt like I could relate to them. And even if they didn't open up in session number one, or they didn't open up in session number two, all of a sudden, the ability to open came in session number three. Boom. We know that a lot of the work we do doesn't just sit in our hands. It just doesn't. It doesn't. So much of it is up here. We also know through lots of research and evidence, particularly in our, in our field, that the subjective assessment is the most important part of what we do as physiotherapists. That conversation, that dialogue, forget the fact that we're taught to make it systematic and clear and concise. Forget that for a moment. Yeah, forget that for a moment. But the ability to know whether you are actually tapping into someone's psyche and can really work to improve patient satisfaction, better patient adherence to treatment plans, improving patient outcomes. All of those things, as a result of that conversation, make a true difference to your patients. I also think that your own shares bring a level of competence I think that across certain cultures, there is some ethical quality to this. You know, it's like, yes, you get me. 
you understand. You know, when you say to somebody, have I got this right? It sounds like you're saying this to me. That patient feeling heard. Yeah, this topic for me is huge. I know it's greater than the 30 minutes I've had to speak today. And I love it. And maybe at some point I will come back and talk about the therapist to therapist relationship because that also is something else that I'm very, very interested in. Jeanette says, thank you so much for today, Leanne. It was a great podcast, reaffirmed for me how important this is. And I think I said at the beginning, this is, this is for, is, is very much or can be used for students. But Jeanette highlights, for those of us that have been doing this for a long time, this is a reminder to you about that relationship that you build. When you speak to your patient over the phone, when they first come to you at the front door, when you walk into their treatment room on a ward, we have such a fundamental job to do. And as they say, first impressions count. Matt says, it's funny, in my previous career in sales management, this is bread and butter. The fact that we don't focus on it in the same way in healthcare is mad. And my opinion about this, have I got time for my opinion? Is that healthcare is down as a need, not a want. If I'm selling something to you and it's a luxury item, I need to convince you that you need to buy this. Whereas in healthcare, I'm telling you that you need this no matter what. And because of some of that onus, particularly over the years, historically, this part of us has not been nurtured. But now this is why we're seeing so many more physiotherapists move towards a coaching direction, steering into a direction that's focused on coaching. This is why. We've realized, light bulb moment, eureka, whatever you want to call it, we realize how important this is. And you know what? Some of us are damn brilliant at it. We are sweetly. And we know the value add to our patients. Alistair, thanks. Thank you. Um, I'm glad that you guys have found this interesting. I'm right on cue. I have a delivery and I will catch you later, guys. It's Leanne from Distinct Physio, but joining you here on Jack Chew's The Physiotherapy Matters podcast, I'm taking it over. I will see you in four weeks time and I will answer or respond to a couple of the comments that come up a little later. Okay guys, take care.